Welcome to episode 17 of the Filmotomy podcast. Uh, this weekend is two-part um, at Filmotomy. Uh, we're doing a Paul Thomas Anderson weekend and week, right, Robin? Yeah, I've kind of renamed it to 10 days off because I've been doing 10 days of it, so we're going to call it that for now. But yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson week starting okay. on Monday. Sure, sure. Yeah. So as you've heard, uh, Robin is with us. So we have yeah. here um, Steve Schweighoffer with us. Good morning. We have Rob Motto with us. Hi there. And then, of course, we have B Garner. Hello. And if you don't know by now, I am Big Al Robinson, a.k.a. The List Man. And then also we're doing, um, for the sake of this episode, we will be doing our BAFTA predictions, which will be held um, Sunday evening for both of us, although technically you guys will know the results before we will. So, um, but first, before we kick off the, the BAFTA predictions, I have a quick question for you guys. Um, so, my question is, what do you guys, like, how do you guys determine which is a British film versus which is an American film or something in between? Because, you know, for me, I look at, is the story a British story? Is the story an American story? You know, you got British actors playing Americans, you got American actors playing British, you got British directors directing American films, like with Three Billboards. It gets to be kind of a clusterfuck, and sometimes it's really hard to make a determination, because, like, I was looking on IMDb, and they were considering um, stuff like 2001 A Space Odyssey as a British film. Right. Well, I was going to say, if it's mostly shot in the UK... You know, um, and British funded. Um, that's what I class as a British film. But then you can, but then if you notice that Pinewood Studios does it does a lot of uh, films. We've had I've d- gone and had a um, tour of Pinewood Studios, and whilst I was there, they were shooting uh, the. One of the Mission Impossible films, um, Maleficent, they were shooting. They did the um, original Star Wars, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Kick-Ass 2, they were shooting there as well. And all of those are pretty much American films, um, are, you know, to a degree. So it's very complicated because it's not... I, I would say... it like you were saying uh, about a, a British film dealing with a British story uh, and a British ca- British characters and um, themes and representation of, of the country. That, to me, uh, I w- wouldn't say Gravity was a British film. Um, I also don't believe that Free Billboards should be classed as a British film, even though it's got a British director and writer, because it's not... <laughs> It's not dealing with um, 
Well, it's not set in the UK. Um, right. and it's not dealing with British themes. Yeah, but that's British money behind it, though. So uh, that's, yes. it, yeah, that's that's where it, it it is. The producer, whoever owns the actual film, the production company, I think mm-hmm. determines what what it is. Yeah, I can. I mean, I'm glad that it's being considered, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a great film. And you know, it's good to see that um, we do have such talent here in the UK. Uh, but I would say that something like Dunkirk is more British. For oh, me, yeah. um, but it's really hard because we have such great talent. We give you all of our talent, and you, they move away <laughs> and go to Hollywood. Okay, why is it? <laughs> why is it that British actors can do American, like play Americans better than American actors play American? <laughs> I mean, this is what's so unnerving. It's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but it's yeah. you know all of the great British talent is like superseding playing americans it's it's unbelievable like andrew well, garfield what is that stop yeah. it just <laughs> <laughs> well, i was gonna say benedict cumberbatch cannot do an american accent oh he's terrible seen. yeah so there has to be one black uh, mass out. he tried the boston accent and it was just a disaster <laughs> it's just oh my yeah now Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but isn't one of your your favorite films of all time, Lawrence of Arabia? It is. And it is considered uh, American. It is? Okay. Oh, yeah, well, it's, it appeared on the AFI top. top because menu. it was, uh, it was uh, what's his name, Sam Spiegel. Oh, okay. See, th- that's another one. Like, I, I look at IMDb, it says it's, it's a UK but- production. Yeah, it was it was it was filmed in UK and in in uh, North Africa, but British writer, British director, British star, yeah, or Irish yeah. British. Well, the pre- producer does have all the power, really. Um, no, well, they're 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 the owners of the property. That's well, all. Yeah. Well, it's that's a why bit, they go does, for best picture. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, it does they're get very complicated, money. doesn't it? Um, <laughs> So that's why I always find the BAFTAs, when they come about, the films that they pick are quite interesting because you're like, oh, you wouldn't necessarily think of that as a, a British film, but they they do have to meet certain agendas, really, to be, count, you know, to qualify as a nomination. So, uh, for example, Paddington um, and Padding, if I... I know we're not allowed to mention uh, H.W. or uh, Mr. Weinstein, but um, <laughs> they were behi- the Weinstein uh, were behind Paddington, and that's quite a British film, really. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it, when it comes to what's cla- what do you class as a British film? Look at F- F- Phantom Thread as well, which is made by, obviously, an American but it's about well, kind Very of British. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but that is also funded by the UK as well. So, mm-hmm. not, not solely, but yeah. So it's it is those films are kind of a crossover for billboards, you know. Um, but a lot of the British films we'll talk about today, I think you'll find are mostly quite, very British stories. Mm. So, so Wouldn't yeah. it be great if we could just erase these boundaries? Oh yes. And yeah, no. A foreign language film and all this other stuff is just film. That's it. Yeah. Well, we've got I to recognise them. We've got to recognise mm. them first, haven't we? Otherwise, you know. 
Well, yes, that's true. It's a good job that they are being recognised and that there is more of a, a crossover between, you know, uh, the films that certainly the last few years where uh, American film has been lacking. We've seen a great of increase in appreciate. Well, there's always been appreciation for foreign language films and world cinema, but they've been more uh, in discussed about than the actual American films. I think that's a sign that um, audiences are now appreciating them, and there's more access to world cinema through, you know, yeah. um, streaming. Film and, stock, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would just be nice if one day we can just have a, you know, award show that isn't based uh, celebrating American cinema or BAFTA, you know, British, or uh, it's just celebrating all of film. But well, these organizations were all set up to promote their own product, right? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. what the Oscars were set up for. That's what BAFTA was set up for. So, in that sense, it is good. I mean, it has worked, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, you go all the way back to, like, when the Oscars were created, it was sort of to curtail criticism of, you know, conservative ideas of what Hollywood actors were up to. It's like, hey, they are just, like, screwing each other and doing drugs, and they're so morally bankrupt, and it's like, okay, we are right now, huh? Yeah, we've come so far. But it's like, this is our prestigious time. You know, this is our time when we when we show that, like, we have important and, and uh, wholesome ideas and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, it's just crap. But, you know, it's cool. It's We get to celebrate the best of, of film I, to some degree every year. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> Not and, always lost. Right. And with that, we should probably transition then over to the best of uh, what uh, the BAFTAs would consider. <laughs> yes. All right. There you go. So uh, let's kick off then with Outstanding Debut by a British Writer, Director, or Producer. The five nominees are I Am Not a Witch, Jawbone, Kingdom of Us, Lady Macbeth, and The Ghoul. So, B, you're up first. Um, I would like to go with I'm Not a Witch. I watched it yesterday, and it was very, very, well, it was nothing like I've seen before um, I, I just found it to be sort of such an interesting film and or it's really hard to say because it's it's quite I always find it's quite um, I don't like the idea of um, giving awards to one person for debut because all of these people have done such a good job especially we've had Lady Macbeth which is uh, uh, being highly praised um, the ghoul has been quite highly praised as well but I feel like I Am Not a Witch is actually a very relevant film um, for this time uh, but yeah um, I Am Not a Witch is something I really highly recommend uh, yeah so I uh, have not seen any of the movies so I'm going to just pass <laughs> I'll have to do the same they haven't made it up to this area yet <laughs> um, well, you can, if you've not got even I- streaming well, have you got iTunes? Because I believe that I am not a witch, is, and is and La- yeah, Lady Macbeth is definitely on iTunes if you want to catch it. At, uh, I've so. heard really good things about Lady Macbeth, but that's that's about it. I I probably should have seen it by now, but I just haven't gotten to it. <laughs> right. 
Uh, I, well, I, I've seen three of them. So I can do 60%. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you make the prediction, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, from what I've heard, Lady Macbeth is really good, so I'm predicting Lady Macbeth. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is a category where you, it's quite hard to predict because they're... Obviously, the big audience, like the Americans, Canadians, haven't seen or even heard of a lot of these films. And I suspect, as well, not a lot of the British haven't, to be honest with you. Uh, but sometimes you get, not a surprise, but you get um, a winner here that's perhaps not what you'd consider the favourite, which I think Lady Macbeth's probably the favourite. But like me, I'm going to say I Am Not a Witch is the big dark horse. Um, I saw it. Just, just today, just before the podcast. Uh, so I'm still sort of, huh, it kind of blew me away. And I'm gonna I, love, have... I love the opening. The opening it's... is just amazing. It's just so haunting. Yeah, it's also the only one on that list that's also nominated for Outstanding British Film, too. Yeah, and I think it's got a bit of momentum as well because it's, it's kind of just become available to stream as well. So people have not been, I've not been able to see it. But now it's available now. I think people are seeing it, and it's going it's, to... It's got to take one of those two awards. But Lady Macbeth is just as good in my book. Um, mm. So it's tricky, but the, I am not a witch. It's, I just quickly... It's, I thought it was going to be heavier than it actually was. I'm not going to give it away. But there's some real humour in it. And it's, it's, it balances it so well. It's just such an, it's such an easy watch, even, this, even with its subject matter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some... Real funny. Do you agree with me, B, that some of it is quite yeah, funny? Yeah, no, but I do. I, I think fools. that... Yeah, it's great because it's it's kind of like a bit, you know, with the, the humour in uh, Free Billboards. Yeah. It, it's, it's needed because the subject matter is a bit um, heavy going. And it does, like you say, it does balance it out. And it, it's... I think it could have been a... Uh, it's something that could have been approached in a completely different light and, you know, and made to be a lot darker. And um, if it, I, just so you guys know, it's, it's about an eight, eight year old girl who is convicted of being a witch and sent to a camp in the desert and has, uh, I know um, we don't really like to go by Rotten Tomatoes, but actually has a hundred percent rating and, um, I think it deserves it, really. Um, certainly de- deserves quite a lot of praise. And it's it's kind of like this stuff still happens in the world, which is yeah. insane. Um, mm. And to think, and like I say, the young girl in it is amazing. I really love her. It's just her facial expressions. She's quite disturbing, but also says so much with her eyes yeah when she finally smiles like it's it's off it lights up the screen and it makes a good portrayal of like the, the stupidity of humanity as well it kind of does that without going overboard like the adults in it the, 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 those authority figures they're just basically idiots aren't they um, oh god yeah <laughs> but yeah but in a kind of funny way but very relatable as well so. it, it also shows um the impact of like the mob mentality uh and hysteria and uh how people seem to how situations escalate it's it's a very it's almost like a film that represents 
what everything that's happened in the last 18 months that's that's unfolded really and and how we seem to be sort of caught up in this you know like the Salem witch trials we're caught up in this sort of state of hysteria and moral panics and uh, we just everything's reaches a point where we've got to bl- so everything's going wrong and we need to blame someone and it, it, it's strange to think that it, it's still occurring across the world but um, it's such a I, I really liked it I just found everything about it the way it was shot as well and uh, just that hand, use of the handheld camera at the beginning by, when they're um, with the um, Taurus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very impactful. Um, Go but, watch it. You watch. Yes, please do. <laughs> okay. That's your, that's your homework. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You've got 25 hours. <laughs> no is pressure. there a test? <laughs> yes, there is. Good. No, Good. there isn't. No, no. Oh, there can be if you want there to be. So I was just looking at an outstanding <laughs> British film. Um, I, I Am Not Witch is not on there, but Lady Macbeth is. Yeah. So I, I want Lady Macbeth to win something, but now I'm talking about I Am Not a Witch, I feel that's going to take the debut and maybe Macbeth will take the British film. But as when we come to that, there's, there's, strong, there's strong candidates mm. there. You know, like three billboards might get the, you know, the consolation uh, prize. But we'll see. Anyway, sorry. What's next? Okay. <laughs> So up next we have Best Documentary, and the nominees are An Inconvenient Sequel, Truth to Power, City of Ghosts, I Am Not Your Negro, Icarus, and Jane. Much better list than the Oscars, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it seems very well-rounded. So, um, B, what do you think? Yeah. I would like City of Ghosts to win something. Um, I feel like it's... I don't know. It just seems to have fallen off the radar in terms of um, awards and getting nominated. And um, although Jane does quite, I haven't seen Jane, but I do really want to see it. Um, so it's kind of hard because a lot of documentaries that I I've seen um, over the year they don't ever seem to get nominated. Um, so. I don't know. Yeah, um, those two I, as well. Those two, City of Ghosts and Jane, they, they were, well, I, I and many of us thought they would make the Oscar five as well, but but they didn't, so... Yeah, it's... Um, but, but I don't know. It's, like, I think what documentary is one of these um, really hard things to predict. Uh, I, d- I don't think it's going to be an inconvenient sequel. Um, <laughs> I... So I'm temp- I'm thinking it's probably most likely either going to be Jane or City of Ghosts. Um, I've only seen a couple of these, um, but I I would actually go. I'm just going to pick I Am Not Your Negro. Um, it was it was up for best documentary uh, at the Academy Awards last year, um, and I, when I I didn't get to see it until I think March or April um, of 2017, and just thought it was very moving. It was it's sort of a portrayal of James Baldwin, a civil rights activist um, during the 1960s. And, you know, he doesn't get much historical praise or, or spotlight as much as like Martin Luther King Jr. or um, Malcolm X. 
but um, he had some really important things to say about society and and sort of like what we're doing to one another and um, it was just a very moving documentary and kind of seeing that we haven't really progressed that far at least in America you know since the no. 1960s so wasn't um, it primarily his sexuality that kept him out of the spotlight I think it was it's that's possible um, I just know that the documentary like feet just featured him like on certain talk shows and like you know giving interviews and kind of like his experience with the whole you know civil rights movement and what it is to sort of you know be a black man in america kind of giving that perspective but yeah it's pretty just pretty disturbing um but in a very eye-opening and educational kind of way think about documentary voting i think people vote more for the cause than for the filmmaking yeah that's true i mean Documentaries have sort of become, um, you know, ideologically filled soapboxes. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm going to predict Jane for that very reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm I'm going to go on a limb because I haven't seen any of these, and I know I got to catch up on some documentaries. You're um, only the host. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. Right. <laughs> at least, at least lie. <laughs> it's okay. There's I've seen, stuff. I've seen all of them. Yeah, I've seen them all, and I loved them all. No, You've seen um, Thor, yeah. Seen Thor, yeah. though, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. Kongsville yeah. no. Island. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was a documentary, <laughs> but it was autobiographical. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, I'm going to predict Icarus. Mm, that's very interesting. It's an interesting one. Yeah, I haven't actually seen it, but I do want to see it. Um, it's on Netflix, I think, right now. Yeah, 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 which might uh, might benefit it for British mm. audiences because I don't know how the Baptists feel about Netflix, but it's it's sort of every time you go on Netflix, it's there. So if people had seen that. It's I think that's probably the the best documentary of the year. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, it is amazing now how streaming and uh, video on demand has helped open up documentaries and world cinema to a wider audience. Um, and that's why it's, bit, it's getting increasingly hard to predict these um, categories and, and the winners of these categories because whereas before, you know, we had March of the Penguins uh, and Super Size Me, uh, which were being shown in the cinemas and that, you know, those are the big documentaries to, to win and well-known documentaries, whereas now... There's so more accessibility and, and, and gaining access to to documentaries, especially Netflix. There's always, I find, if I'm going to watch something on Netflix, it's more likely going to be a documentary rather than anything else. For all of the, the promotion that uh, Netflix does for the movie industry, it's a shame that they're shunted out of the out of the major races in the Oscars. Well, it's because the, Os- the Academy are so st- st- stuck in the mud when it comes to Netflix. Because they, I don't understand. It's Netflix well, has essentially helped save the independent um, it's film. A huge benefit. Huge benefit to the movie industry. Yeah, no, and I, I would agree on that on that principle that it's just it's been good for the middle because the middle has frankly disappeared from. Um, from the movies, from the from yeah. the theaters, you know, we have high end blockbusters or, you know, yep. end of the year Oscar fair, and yep. um, 
but I will say the the I don't know the uh, residency or you know the reticence to basically not not celebrate Netflix or to not like welcome them in I think has something to do with you know the studio systems still run through the theaters and Netflix kind of bypasses that and says well you know we're kind of betting that more people want to stay home and like watch what they you know watch on TV and I feel like there's sort of a like, for instance, Martin Scorsese is having The Irishman come out, and it's going to be a Netflix release. So are they going to show it in the theaters, you know, or, or are they going to have it straight on Netflix? As, and I'm wondering if they're sort of like, you know, goading the theater system into sort of saying, okay, so are more people going to watch it at home or are more people going to go out and pay for it, you know, to watch it in the theater? But I don't, but I don't know. I don't know what their model for that movie is, so. It's quite exciting to see someone like Martin Scorsese go through netflix in order to make the irishman i'm yeah i really i want to see more big named at, um directors doing that aren't, aren't the cohen's working with netflix on something i think i've read somewhere oh are they wow that's, i believe so I'm i think so it's excited. series actually i love i love that i just like the idea because they have i feel like with netflix they get more freedom of what they they want to make I mean, not that Martin Scorsese doesn't have that freedom already, but right. uh, if, if, to have someone like Martin Scorsese sort of using Netflix in order to get his work out there is just shows you how far we've we've came. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that Netflix just probably gave him an, a pretty good offer or something <laughs> because he, it, it, they were saying it's like a hundred. The budget is now up to one hundred and forty million. And so it's just going to, it's going to be another epic, you know, probably three hour Martin Scorsese, you know, crime epic. So it's going to, should be interesting to see what, what they do with it. And like you say, will it, because it's Martin Scorsese, will it go to being shown in cinemas or, uh, and then what about the Academy Awards? Because they, they love Martin Scorsese. So it's exciting. I'm rubbing my hands. I'm rubbing my hands with glee. <laughs> yeah. The one who likes Scorsese since 2006. Mm, that's true. <laughs> yes. Well, he, didn't he get nominated for Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, he did, yeah. All right, Robin, what are you predicting then? Um, it's difficult because of the what they've seen now, what they've seen then, what's trending. I'm going to go for Jane because of, again, what Steve said, what it's about, and perhaps there's a little bit of you know, not being nominated for the Oscar mate. Yeah, I think that plays into a, li- a little tiny bit, but it's, it's going to be Jane, I think. Okay. Well, moving on to best film not in the English language. Uh, the nominees are Elle, First They Killed My Father, Loveless, The Handmaiden, and The Salesman. I want it to be Elle, but I don't know whether, like I say, because it's it came out in 2016, there's a high chance that then more people have seen it, but then... Um, more people would have had access to First They Killed My Father. Um, but I'm actually going to go with uh, The Salesman. Uh, I really loved Elle, and that's that's my choice. Um, I thought that Isabel Huppert did an incredible job uh, yes. in the lead role, and it was just, inc- I mean, the movie just, just completely turns every notion that you have, you know, you think you might know this. Nope, you don't know this character at all. You're just, you know... <laughs> And you're just thrown for a loop at every, you know, every moment in the movie. And it's just like this incredible performance of this, I don't know, 
questionable monster. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's, I absolutely loved L, and that's my choice. I would go with L as well. The only one I haven't seen is Loveless. <clears throat> and, uh, but L, I think, is uh, hands down far more interesting. It's, it's a bit hard to say with L, because I feel like people might be put off by it. The more sensitive person might be put off by it. That's, <laughs> but that's its appeal, I think, yeah. because it is just so, like, anti, <laughs> anti-snowflake, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> you know, okay, so, boy, this is really tough, because, yeah, this this definitely seems like a very strong competitive field here. I know the salesman already won the Oscar. Um, even though a lot of people thought that the better film was to, uh, Tony Erdman, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go on a limb and just say, just for the heck of it, I'm going to predict The Handmaiden. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this is this is the hardest category, I think. Um, and I'd be happy if any of these won. Two, two are in my top ten. Two just missed out. So I'm just going to say Loveless, just to be different. Nice. And I think with that, we we picked, like, four of the five nominees, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And Angelina won't go hungry, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, she'll win. Um, all right. Best animated feature film. That We got three nominees here. We have Coco, Loving Vincent, and My Life as a Zucchini. I'm going to say Loving Vincent. Uh, that's just so what I... I want it to win, but it probably will be Coco. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um, also would say Loving Vincent. I'm not a big animated film fan, um, so I will just say that I thought it was the most artistically, um, you know, beautiful and pleasing out of out of all of them. And, um, yeah, it's, I just it's think it's the Loving, most you know. adult, adult yes. film as well. Um, yeah. I definitely would go with Loving Vincent. Yeah, I made my top ten. Yeah, I was just going to say, it, it, it made Steve's top ten, and it, it's one of those films where it didn't make my ten, but it was right there. So the more well, I, I, was in, more, I was in a different condition when I watched this. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty good sober as well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, do, I do think we, it is a film that appreciates the uh, drinking a lot. Um, the... Um, main guy in it. It's just always drinking. I love when he just picks up the the bottle and he's like, "Well, they're not having, not they're not using it. I might as well drink it." It's just like that's how I, I want to be, just uh, a, a working alcoholic. <laughs> well, I'm going to go against you guys, and I, I'm going to predict Coco just because it's hard to pick against uh, Pixar. Yeah, Coco will win. Loving Vincent should win. If Coco wins, it will be a bit of a shame. But yeah. uh, same old, same old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, next category. Let's do best cinematography. Whoops. So, is this the one where Roger Deakins wins, or yeah. is it one of these other guys? So no. the nominees are Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Darkest well. Hour. <laughs> Dark- <laughs> Sorry, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh. <laughs> what is that? So tough. 
<laughs> yeah, the billboards look the billboards do look great behind Francis McDormand, but it's not one of the best cinematography. Yeah, I, that is very bizarre. Um, it's, it seems to be tagging along a lot that film, get, getting yeah. you know the fifth slot on a lot of categories. But it's yeah. because they don't know what to do. They're like, they oh, we've got to... yeah, we've got a fifth one to fill up. Oh, just put anything in. Yeah. <laughs> It'll win a couple of BAFTAs, but it but it won't be this one. No, um, twenty. Uh, it will be Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, big, big up for our boy Roger Deakins. Big steam champ, coming, coming through. I love, I love Roger Deakins. I love his cinematography, and Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a gorgeous film. But I really think that uh, Dunkirk is an absolute cinematic achievement, um, and I mean, it just it successfully just puts you right there. Um, no, no matter what character you're with, you are right there with what is happening to them, what is, you know, the anticipation, the terror, the dread, all all of that sort of, those swarming emotions, I feel like it's captured just beautifully. It's framed um, with precision, and it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely my choice for best cinematography. Yeah, I'm predicting Dunkirk as well, uh, just because, you not know. Too <laughs> Pardon? It's not your turn. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Al comes from the future. <laughs> yeah. Technically, I, I would say Dunkirk, but artistically, I like the look of the shape of water. So it's 50-50. And, of course, this is the first time I've turned my back on Deacons. <gasps> yeah. He has, he has one BAFTA, though, so he's not, he's not got that on his... Um, he's not got that. You know the Oscarless thing is is one of after, so they might be not as inclined. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe he won for the Coen Brothers film, the man who wasn't there. I believe. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, New but they've never nominated Denzel Washington. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So, Robin, you're you're predicting Blade Runner. Um, if, if they follow the big steam chain, then yeah. But I, I don't care uh, if how I feel, feel it's going to go is that don't care is going to win the most BAFTAs. This this is like it's going to be one of them. So I'm fifty fifty like Steve is, but not sure for what with Blade Runner. Yeah, I'm going to say don't care. I'm going to say don't care. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, next up, best production design. Okay, I can't even believe this is nominated. We have Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. Um, I, is he ever going to go with Blade Runner or The Shape of Water? Yeah, yeah, I think that Blade Runner twenty forty nine will win. Um, just thought it was just you know executed just visually so. So, really so impeccably yeah well i'm going to erase the uh, cgi and go with whatever they had to build or drag in and i'll go with the shape of water <laughs> yeah i'm with you steve um plus didn't the shape of water get the most nominations here oh i'm not sure i yeah, feel yeah. i feel like it's one of the top nominations mm-hmm. i feel like this is one of those kind of categories where it's kind of in the middle and so they might just go with the one that has the most um but yeah, if it's not, my prediction is the Shape of Water. If it's not, then it's going to be Blade Runner. Yeah, I think the Shape of Water for me as well. It's one of its more deserved categories. 
if I was to pick, and it, it's going to probably win two or three BAFTAs, and again, this is one of them. I don't know why they... Why did they keep putting Beauty and the Beast on these things? Because, it's, very, because it's very, very pretty. That's why. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's dull. It's so dull and boring. Just because what? it's pretty yeah. doesn't mean it needs any attention. But this is the pretty award. Oh, that's true. Best, best pretty design. Oh, no, it's production design, isn't it? Oh, damn it. <laughs> Prettiest walls. Yeah. The most production. <laughs> right, right. Like the most costumes instead of the best. The most the most copying off the animated. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the most, uh, how about this category? So next up, best achievement in special visual effects. And I tell you, all these have the most in them. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, Star Wars The Last Jedi, The Shape of Water, and War for the Planet of the Apes. It's so tough, isn't it? Um, no. <laughs> well, I'm incl- inclined to say The Shape of Water because um, all the other ones are very CGI heavy um, in terms of their sort of visual effects. But um, what they've done with The Shape of Water is, is amazing. But if it's not The Shape of Water, it'd probably be Blade Runner 2049. Yep. yeah actually um i actually would say dunkirk uh just because i felt real (laughs) you know it felt you know the other movies on here are are almost all like fantasy driven i mean blade runner you could argue science fiction but yeah just dunkirk i thought was the most realistic and therefore it's you know it's making you believe what you're seeing kind of thing at least you know Mm -hmm. momentarily so um yeah i would go with dunkirk Hands down, no hesitation for me. War for the Planet of the Apes. The trilogy hasn't been uh, given much of anything. And I think what they've done is remarkable. Especially uh, Andy Serkis' character. Also those fake trees. Oh, yeah, <laughs> trees. Right. Oh, that was filmed in my neighborhood. All the, 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 uh, the series. Yeah, much of it. On Vancouver Island. Wow. Oh, no oh, kidding. Nice. Yeah, I took some Irish friends out and said, okay, watch out for Caesar. <laughs> Yeah, watch, just watch out, because you know, it's a bit temperamental. <laughs> I was always a little more afraid of Koba. <laughs> um, man, you know what? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to predict Dunkirk here as well, just because, again, this this might be the British bias. They are biased. Yes, we are. Yes, we. No, we're not. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, War of the Planet of the Apes for me as well. War for the Planet of the Apes for me. Um, it's almost like without taking anything away from it, it's like remarkable. It's so remarkable now. It's like it's not. It's not remarkable. So you watch it, and you don't even. You don't even think about the visual effects. You're so used to it. It's become a norm. And that that's how good they are. If that makes sense. Yeah. Especially in that third film. So it has, it has to be that for me. Yeah. Okay, uh, best film editing, or as they call it, just best editing. We have Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and there's that pesky three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> it won't go away, will it? Um, I really want to say Blade, uh, Blade Runner or Baby Driver, but I think it's probably most likely going to go for Dunkirk. Yeah, I think that Dunkirk will win. Um, 
just because it's it's so it's so such a well put together film. Um, but I actually would like to see Baby Driver win just because uh, even for whatever shortcomings I had with it, and you know, um, I really liked how it, aesthetically the movie was put together. You know, I really like how it flowed for the most part, um, and just you know, it did. It felt like something we hadn't seen in a while, even if it was a rehash of like sort of older, you know, seventies, like car chase movies. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that sort of refreshing of that genre. For editing, I usually look for how the film affects me, the impact of it. And Mm -hmm. there's only one here and that's Dunkirk that throws you right in. And it all has much of it has to do with the editing. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, well, I stand by what I said on the last episode that I think Baby Driver is the best edited film of the year. But I definitely, oh, de- <laughs> definitely, yeah, it's the flashiest, that's for sure. But yeah, I think it's Dunkirk here, um, and 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 well deserved, um, yeah. especially because of the whole three, three the stages of the the beach, um, the the air and the sea. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very good. I agree, Dunkirk for me as well. That's a surprise, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I swear you were going to go with uh, free billboards. I didn't know you oh. saw Dunkirk. Is that nominated, is it? Free billboards. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, up next, let's move to the writing. Uh, one of Robin's favorites. So let's start with adapted screenplay. We have uh, Call Me By Your Name, Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool, Molly's Game, Paddington 2 and the death of Stalin. Uh, this is a bit of a hard one uh, because we've got to remember it's British. Um, so they're more, I feel they'd be more inclined to pick a, a, a pick, you know, a British adapted script. Um, um, I'm going to say film stars don't die in Liverpool. Uh, but it might be maybe something a bit different and go with um, the death of Stalin uh, because uh, Aramondo Iguchi, is that Iguchi? Iannucci. Iannucci, he's quite, I made it, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Um, He's quite a big deal over here um, with the thick of it and in the loop. So he's probably, He's probably going to be a, a, a favorite for many. On so, yeah, I feel it's it's definitely not going to be "Call Me by Your Name." Sorry. Oh. Yeah, I actually no. am gonna. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I didn't want to. Well, I was just gonna say, uh, "Call Me by Your Name" will win the Oscar, but yeah. No, I was and yeah, I was gonna say I uh, I will choose "Call Me by Your Name" um, as the best best adapted screenplay. I think I just think that the writing is so kind of wonderfully done. I mean, I I, I don't have the you know the historical background to say whether you know the Baptist is going to you know honor it or whatever. But I I really love the sort of nuance that has to sort of be on the page for the actors, you know. And I love, um, of course, that final scene. You know, with Michael Stuhlbarg, you know, comfort, or not the final scene, but the, you know, the one before it where he's sort of comforting, you know, um, Elio and really, really trying to be that supportive, you know, father figure. Um, and so I just, I absolutely love that, that, uh, that screenplay. Um, and there are a few on here I haven't seen, like I talked in the last episode, The Death of Stalin, I haven't seen, I haven't seen, 
film stars don't die in Liverpool, but yeah, I would go with Call Me By Your Name. Uh, you don't even have to ask me. James Ivory is a legend. Um, and this is probably their last time they're going to be able to award him. And plus the fact that I think that he did the most outstanding job of, of adapting uh, the book because uh, when you compare the two, he, he picked out exactly the right stuff. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's an easy call for me. Yeah, I'm with you, Steve. I, I think it's calling by your name as well. Because um, I'm just looking at these other four. And, I mean, maybe the death of Stalin might be the one that could surprise, like uh, mm-hmm. be like what you're saying. The Dark Horse. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's Call Me by Your Name. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And Death of Stalin's a dark horse because every now and then, you know, they do like to reward uh, Brits in this category. You know, uh, Philomena, um, Last King of Scotland, I believe, won. Yes, Mm. yeah. Uh, But they also like to give it to Silver Lally's playbook. So anything can happen. Well, that's what I, f- I feel like perhaps maybe they see Call Me By Your Name as a shoe-in for the Oscar. So I feel like they might be wanting to maybe give it to the, something else just to, because it is obviously the BAFTA. So. Um, but I do feel like, obviously, I love Call Me By Your Name and I think it will win the Oscar. And if it doesn't, then yeah, I'd, like I say, I'm losing so much faith in the Academy as this year goes on. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think everyone You're in is. good company. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Misery loves company. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, moving on then to the original screenplay, the nominees are Get Out, I, Tanya, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Again, this is really tough, isn't it? Um, all of them are really quite good, aren't they? Uh, oh, we know you don't like Ladybird, though. Yeah, well, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to pretend it's not on that. Um, <sighs> get out. No, really, get out. <laughs> okay, that's that's what you think will win, or what yes. what you think is the best original screenplay out of all of those? I think it's going to win. Okay, okay. Um, I, you know what, I'm going to go with Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, because I think it is the best screenplay out of all of them. Um, you know, it it, it is a so- somewhat of a static movie. You know, it isn't necessarily cinematic, um, but it really fleshes out these characters uh, very well. And I think um, out of all the choices, it's, it stays, you know, the most consistent with like, you know, staying true to that. Um, I, Tanya, I, Tanya, I liked, but I, I felt was a bit of a mess as a movie kind of, you know, doing that breaking the fourth wall thing. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that as well. But yeah, three billboards I thought was a, was an excellent movie. And I think a lot of that has to do with its screenplay. Uh, <clears throat> I like these all about equally, I guess. Um, so I'm just going to have to predict uh, Get Out, simply because it's probably of the of the four, it's probably the most original, most original idea. I I, I didn't buy into it completely, but 
Steve, are you are you okay to? What time do you have to go? I'm good. I'm just I'm just checking my. No, I don't have to go right now. I'm good. Okay. We're, we're in the middle of a blizzard, so it's uh, dice. <laughs> or we will be very shortly. Oh yeah, it's supposed to snow here on Sunday, so that's probably why why yeah. that's happening. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend coming from Vancouver. He's got to take the ferry, and now we're not quite oh, sure man. when he's going to get there. So. Oh boy. Okay. Well, actually, Steve, before I make my prediction, what's your dog's name? <laughs> Lola. <laughs> Lola. Well, do you hear her walking or drinking water? Yeah. So cute. Uh... Yeah, she's a great Dane. She's trying to. Uh, if we had the video on, you'd be able to see her. But. <laughs> I thought that was you, Steve. Sorry, I thought Thanks. that was you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I thought you had to go and that like, you were drinking your drink real quick. <laughs> you thought that was me. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I gulp loudly too. So but the, the ferry's My here. So you have to like finish your drink really quickly before the ferry arrives. <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, I'm actually <laughs> going to predict the shape of water winds here, um, and and the reason why is because I feel like they might have a hard time trying to choose between these, and also I feel like with Get Out, I've heard that British people don't have the same sense of racism yeah. as what America has oh. dealt with. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Where did you hear we've that? Never, wow. We've wow. never nominated Denzel Washington. <laughs> no, what I mean, well, well, okay. There's a long history in Britain. Come on. I, I've heard Not that really. from multiple, like, over the years, who, I should Who say. are you hearing that from? Are you yeah. reading, are you reading the Daily Mail? <laughs> <laughs> we have a mostly positive view of of people who live in the uk over here like it's like oh they're all jolly and happy and they have a lovely accent and it's like no they're they're just as miserable oh, as we are it's okay. cool. i just <laughs> i heard somewhere that like you know that black people haven't had the same they haven't had uh, experienced racism as much as like they do in the United mm, States. Of course uh, they have. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> See, this is what happens. You Americans think you know everything about Britain because <laughs> you bubble. you Maybe watch the bubble. Queen or you, you saw. I, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, oh, uh, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> well, you thought you saw some film starring Judy Dench or Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> And now you think you know everything about Britain. <laughs> well, I could tell you racism is alive and well <laughs> here in the UK. And it is a big problem. Yeah. So uh, it is across the Western civilization. Yeah. Uh, it is an issue. And that's why Get Out will be uh, the winner. Because it's something that is still very much relevant. It, it is... Oh, you, with Britain, we have a major issue with uh, immigration and the Brexit and anyone who is conservative. We just don't like them. Um, not sorry, listeners, if anyone voted for Brexit. No, I, I'm sorry for you. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, what I'm saying is, like, basically, our country is very much built up on immigration mm-hmm. and... There is a divide here as well, and you do have not obviously not your country is still relatively new, so I feel like that is still quite a a new issue that you're dealing with um not to sound patronizing America 
my my dear Americans. Uh, but we've had it. We've had uh, xenophobic. Um, I'm, I'm who, you know, the football hooligans and a lot of racial issues. It's which, colonialism hangover. Yeah. Oh, we're sorry for that. We are really sorry about that. I'm so sorry on behalf of all of our. Uh, it's okay. We, we a, just picked up where you st- where you uh, left off. So yeah, I we did not mean to do any of those things. Okay. <laughs> and I <laughs> apologize my for my part in that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we thought we were try- We just wanted some tea. You know, we just we didn't realize that it wasn't ours to take. <laughs> But yeah, no. Uh, oh, the jewels or India, you know. Yeah, we're sorry about the marbles. Okay, you could have Elgin's marbles back. <laughs> um, no one knows what we're talking about. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, you lost me. <laughs> oh, well, we stole a lot of Greek Greece. stuff yeah. from from Greece. We we basically the British Museum is built up of. Things that we stole from other countries. Oh. I, I stole a, a woman from Greece. In that yeah, country. give her that. <laughs> so. That's the whole thing about British. We just steal things. So uh, now we're paying the price. Well, any place that has a museum, a museum is basically a stash of stolen goods, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we pretend that we know more about those stolen <laughs> goods course. than it. The country of origin, <laughs> but you, yes. Uh, sorry, Al. I, oh no, it's I didn't fine. Mean to, oh, not at all. I, you know, it's uh, it's good that you guys can clarify that because I, I don't know where I heard that, but I just I thought I had heard that over the course of the last five to ten years that that. You like probably a, met no. some British tourists who was trying to make. No, out no, 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 no. It wasn't from anybody that I spoke to directly. <laughs> I, I think I, I I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll just if you if you read it on Reddit, it's not true. You might be confusing it with firearm regulations. Now there's a difference. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, I could make a really bad joke, but I uh, I won't. <laughs> but no, I I'm still going with the shape of water anyway. All right. Oh yes. Sorry. Yeah. We'll get back on. Track. <laughs> oh sorry. Right. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. The uh, the Grammys. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go for Dunkirk. Oh, no, it's not nominated. Um, <laughs> go for it anyway, though. Uh, I'm say, right in. I, I think three billboards. I agree with Rob. I think three billboards. The the writing stands out. And, you know, again, it's going to win a couple. I think this is probably the favourite for, for the British Academy. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, so I'm just to double check. Did we want to? Do the uh, acting or just skip those? We can whiz for it, can't we? I was just joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, okay. This is why I double check. All right. So, best supporting actress, we have Allison Janney, Itanya, Kristen Scott Thomas, Darkest Hour, Lori Metcalf, Ladybird, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, and Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water. Can I just say, I'm very happy to see Octavia Spencer on that list, because she is amazing in The Shape of Water. Um, I love her, and she's just, like, really brings the sort of comedy aspect to it. Um, and she's just really, I love how she interacts with um, 
uh, Sally Hawkins character. Uh, it's just uh, so funny. Um, but I don't think she'll win, unfortunately. I I think it would probably That's be... Racist. That's racist. No, no I'm not. <laughs> Racism is alive and well here in the UK. <laughs> I've just and proven that. Guest. <laughs> no. Uh, um, yeah, oh, gosh. Can I just say that I'm not racist? <laughs> um, we know. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have to apologize to say it. Um, Did you watch Mudbound yet? Did you watch Mudbound? Oh, no. I, no, but I am watching it this evening. I didn't. It's, only, okay, it's only free. It's only free on Netflix. I know, right? <laughs> you don't have to get up. You don't have to get out of your chair. You just, oh, there it is. You can watch it on your phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, but don't, because the cinematography is no. really good. Yeah, don't yeah, watch. Beautiful. Yeah, don't watch it on your phone. Um, anyway, back to this. I think it's either <laughs> going to be Leslie Manfill or Kristen Scott Thomas. Wow. Ah. Um, so I actually uh, kind of disagree with what Bianca said about Octavia Spencer. Real quick, I just want to say I thought her character was a little bit of a like a token black woman, kind of making <gasps> comedic quips you know like throughout the most of the movie and then no. they try to force they try to force her character to have some backbone because she's standing up to her like you know 1950s husband and like you know try to give her some some import there you know when michael shannon comes busting in so i really felt like her character was kind of rushed and not developed well at all no i and it's sort of a plot I agree. device I agree. um no, but, I really but that's like... just me well yeah yeah and, and <laughs> yes no, 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 and I just, I wanted to say that, you know, getting an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress, too, I was just kind of puzzled. So, um, but anyway, what I want to say about who I think will win, I think it's down to Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf, or I'm sorry, uh, Leslie Manville in Phantom Thread. Um, I think Allison Janney has kind of a big performance, you know, she's very, this kind of verbally abusive, harsh, kind of cold and withholding woman um, who really just it keeps pushing her daughter to almost again, a, an abusive degree. So I think her performance is really good. Um, but I also love Le- Leslie Manville. Cause as I said last week, she does a lot of facial like ticks and a lot of wonderful acting with her eyes. And I think that they're two very different performances, but they definitely both deserve to be nominated and, and win. But I think ultimately uh, Allison Janney will win for Itania. I just think it's it's hard to sort uh, of ignore that kind of performance. But you, I think probably more like because it's the BAFTAs. I feel like it's more likely to go to Manville. I just yeah. I'm just holding on hope for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Manville as well. Um, I thought her performance was was just outstanding without being too actory like uh, Janney. Yeah. Uh, I've loved Kristen Scott Thomas for years, but I don't think she's going to get it for this. Laurie Metcalf drives me around the bend. <laughs> <laughs> Far too mannered, too TV Roseanne for me. I just can't handle it. And Octavia Spencer, I mean, she she's such a nice, she seems like such a nice person, but she's got an Oscar, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to predict Leslie Manville as well. Um, although, you know, I, I've been hearing rumblings that it might still be Allison Janney, even though she's mm. more of the favorite for the Oscar. But yeah. part of it being that I, Tanya did really well in the nominations. And that could be an, an indication <laughs> that they really like Allison Janney. And maybe that might be the BAFTA's way of giving that movie a, an award. So, but no, nah, 
I'm going to play it safe and go with Leslie Manville. So do we think that the ex Mrs. Gary Oldman's going to? Um, yeah. Gary could. He might not win this. <laughs> what? Because they they were married at one time, weren't they? Yeah. Leslie Manville yeah. and Gary Oldman. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. That's going to be awkward if they when they like have to do photos and oh, maybe they're, they're both one. And he's got he's going to go try and put his arm around her and she's just yeah. going to be like give him a dirty look as if to say or an um, elbow. Yeah, or just hit him over the head with the BAFTA. <laughs> well, it was like in two thousand nine when it was Catherine Bigelow versus James Cameron. That's right. This is why you don't date a person in the film industry. No, that you're working in. Film industry. Yeah. Not daft. Very outside of your field. Russell Crowe was going to win, wasn't he, for The Beautiful Mind, and then he hit someone at the BAFTA. So Gary Oldman will learn from that. They'll probably hit her after the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Domestic violence is bad. Please don't do it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to scale Alice and Jenny. It's not. That's what I think we'll win, but I think Leslie Manville I've got here as the biggest dark horse. I think if she wins, I'm, I'll be thrilled. Uh, okay. I'm going to say Alice yeah. and Jenna, just, you know, lazy voting, etc., etc. Yeah. I do like, you know. You know. Um, well, I feel, I'm, I'm hearing Tom O'Neill's words in my head right now, but if you want to win your ballot, then pick the favourite. <laughs> um, all right. Best Supporting Actor, we have Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World. Hugh Grant, Paddington 2, Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards, Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project, and Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards. Um, this is hard, isn't it? Because it's either Rockwell or Harrelson. Um, but I think I, I love Sam Rockwell, so I'm going to go with Sam Rockwell. But Hugh Grant was in, Pad- was in Paddington 2. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. not realise this. I thought he had retired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he had retired, and then he needed money, so he came back. Um, I, uh, I'm going to go with Willem Dafoe. I thought his performance in the Florida Project was just, um, I think it stood out so in such a dynamic way. Um, and I think that I think that he has a chance to win here over Sam Rockwell, just because um, it's not, I don't know. If he's, I think that Sam Rockwell is definitely more favored to win at the uh, Academy Awards. But I feel like Willem Dafoe might be like the dark horse to win this category just because, I don't know, I just think I, for some reason the Florida Project stands out here. Maybe it's because yeah. it didn't get nominated in any other category, but I think that's also true of the Academy Awards. So I don't know. I'm probably just talking nonsense, but I'm going to go with Willem Dafoe. Yeah, and the, why it stands out, the Florida Project, is because it's the best one in the lot, <laughs> personally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Willem Dafoe, too. It's, it could very well be any of the others, I really don't care, but I would like to see mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe at least take this. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't not predict Sam Rockwell here just because he's on a roll. Yeah. But I, you know what? I, I feel like if I was going to call an upset, maybe they'll go for Christopher Plummer. Please don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just because of, uh, like, again, that story of him replacing Kevin's, you know, Kevin Spacey and all that. Well, it was not a big deal. Plummer didn't need the makeup Spacey did, because he's that old. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, 88. Super old. So okay. old. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it's me, isn't it? Um, it's hard, it's hard not to pick Sam Rockwell, and Willem Dafoe's kind of my vote with my heart pick. And I do still think Dafoe's going to win the Oscar, it's going to be like when Mark Rylance won, everyone thought he was dead and he still won it. Mm-hmm. This might this might be the turning point. I'm not sure. I'm going to stick with Sam Rockwell, um, but I think the tide will turn in the next few weeks. Uh, that, that would be a real lift if Defoe won the Oscar. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. I feel like Defoe will win the Oscar, but I, I don't know. Sam Rockwell. No, but it's really hard. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's like we kept saying Dunkirk was dead, it was dead, it was dead, but it still was nominated for everything. It was still in every single list. Defoe's still in every single list. Yeah. Um, You know, it's going to be Hugh Grant, really, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's the only British film, right? Unbelievable. Well, I mean... Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, to Rob, what Rob just said, technically, as we were discussing at at the beginning of the show, yeah, they're considering three billboards a British film, so... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Okay, so now we have Best Leading Actress. Nominees are Annette Benning, Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, uh, Margot Robbie, I, Tanya, Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, and Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird. Uh, ooh, this is really hard. Um, I think it would be Frances McDormand. Dormant, because she she is amazing. She is yeah. the, that film really is ever. I can't imagine anyone else in that role. Um, and like we say, it's a it's a, you know they've classed it as a British film, so I think they'll go for it. Yeah, I I think that Frances McDormand will win. I think that um, in every embodiment of the word, you know, not in not in the pretty or idealized way. Um, or, or, or however you want to word it. Um, but I think that her character is absolutely a, a feminist in the basic definition of the word. You know, she's not, she's not going to uh, lay down for any crap. She's going to give it just as well, just as well. She has taken it and she's going to find out what, what happened to her daughter and that she carries that movie with such a ferocity and yeah. such passion and, that boiling that boiling feeling underneath the surface um is just so palpable so powerful and i love the rest of the field too i i love margot robbie um i love sally hawkins Saoirse ronan was really good even if she plays a brat um so i yeah i think that francis mcdormand will win um and i do think that she gave the best performance but it's in a year where so many powerful fierce like female characters you know that are just like amazing to watch the way i look at it we've got four actors and a force of nature so i'm going to go with <laughs> my gal francis because you know like she could read the phone book and i would tune in <laughs> yeah she's amazing i love how she just that bit where she goes and kicks those kids and she even like needs <laughs> yeah. the girl i was just like oh amazing i want to be that that sort of <laughs> what was that miniseries she did a couple of years ago i just about fell off the couch yeah, that's right. When uh, somebody asked her what she was going to be doing, and she said, well, I'm waiting for the dog to die, and then I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> but her delivery on that, it just knocked me right off the couch. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to predict Frances McDormand here as well. Although, uh, upset would be Sally Hawkins. 
Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm going to pick. I'm going to go and say they're going to pick the the Brit here. Sally Hawkins is going to win. Um, well, a bit like sort of a Melda Staunton one for uh, the Mike Lee film. What was it? Vera Drake. Vera Drake, uh, which Sally Hawkins was in. So there's a link there for you. Um, Francis McDormand's obviously, you know, probably the favourite. But I'm going to go with Sally um, Hawkins. I really find Vera Drake quite boring. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't really enjoy that film at all. I don't think you're supposed to enjoy I it. I haven't seen it. No, I know you're not supposed to enjoy it, but I just like. I just found it really like. Uh, I don't know. So I, I thought Sally Hawkins was a newcomer. I, I had not seen her before she was on the screen in The Shape of Water. So it's like, oh, oh she has. Wait, Rob, oh. you haven't seen uh, Blue Jasmine? No. Happy go lucky. Is that Woody Allen? Well, no, ha- Happy Go Lucky is um, Mike Lee again. Blue Jasmine. Oh, I yeah. meant Blue Jasmine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Blue Jasmine, Jasmine. Yeah, yeah, Woody Allen. Okay. Who's Woody Allen? <laughs> so he's a historic American director who's much more known for his scandal than his movies. Um, <laughs> that, that could be anyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Polanski. Right. <laughs> we should probably move on then. Um, Best actor. <laughs> yeah, best leading actor. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out. Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour. Jamie Bell, Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool. And I'm going to pronounce it the way I've heard it's actually pronounced. Timothee Chalamet. <laughs> Call me by your name. <laughs> yeah, even though he's born in, I think he was born in New York City. Um, in fact, he's the only American amongst these five. So he, I read an interview this past week that he actually pronounces it Timothy. He does. I, yeah. I mean, I, that's what I was huh. his like okay. GQ spread or whatever that Twitter was going crazy over. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a PSO with him and Army Hammer, and Army was pronouncing it Timote. Oh, see, I don't see. Then I'm I'm clueless. Then never mind. <laughs> what well, is the Timote shampoo? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, oh man, maybe that's what he meant. <laughs> they both have nice hair, don't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, they do. They're nice, Robin. They're nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's McDonald's not... found a cure for baldness, Steve. I'm not bald. <laughs> oh well, no. I mean, but if you need more hair. Oh well, no, I'm, I've gotten plenty. I'm got plenty. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were inferring. <laughs> well, that te- that takes the uh, stigma off me, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no seriously mcdonald's actually found a cure for baldness oh yeah that's right the french fry oil yeah. the french fry oil yeah <laughs> rub it on hot. your head <laughs> rub it on your head yeah, you die. Yeah, but you're have, they, have they found a cure for obesity that's the biggest issue. Well, yeah, yeah just get rid of the happy meal <laughs> no we've anyway. got a cure male insecurity that's the main <laughs> yeah that's the main goal uh, so, anyway, uh, leading actor. Yeah, predictions um, to be made. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's go, either Gold. going to be Day Lewis or Oldman. Um, maybe, maybe um, Gary Oldman. Because Goldman. You, Oldman, Oldman. Goldman. His name's Goldman. Oldman. Oldman. <laughs> Goldman. 
open. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Because I feel like it's Winston Churchill and you know, we, we still love Winston Churchill so Yeah. Even though he's ha- I don't know. Uh are we allowed to love Winston Churchill now? I think we still are. Of course, of course. Yeah. Goldman. Um, I think, yeah, I think actually Daniel Day-Lewis um, should win. Uh, I know that he has won like probably every award in the book, um, but his performance as Reynolds Woodcock was just so, so exquisitely painful, <laughs> you know, because he's so, I don't know, he, he is so withholding. He's so, but he, but he shows, there are other times when he does show care and, and affection, and he's just such a frustrating character to watch. Um, but I thought he was brilliantly crafted by Daniel Day-Lewis, as almost every character is, I suppose. Um, Gary Oldman, I think, will win for Darkest Hour. I think it's just too... Um, I, I think the performance is too good for the for you know the Baptist to ignore, and it's you know it's again it's Winston Churchill. So I just think that combined with you know the historical uh, meaning and and with how good the film is, I think that Gary Oldman will win. Well, not that you have to ask me, but uh, <laughs> I think Day-Lewis is a close second in, in my book. I'm sure Oldman will win it, but I'm going to be rooting for Chalamet, Chalamet all the way. <laughs> or Shampoo Boy, as we're calling it. Shampoo him now. Boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to predict Gary Oldman here as well, uh, again, because of the Winston Churchill factor. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Day-Lewis won this either. Right. Um, yeah, Gary Oldman for me as well. Um, would this would this be a bigger shock if he didn't win with BAFTA? Yes, um, I think it would be. could derail the Oscar. What would be a bigger shock than that? It'd be nothing. Nothing else could match it. Not even like any. Well, best picture maybe. The post winning best picture. That. You know. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Nightmare. So I, I just can't imagine if if. But BAFTA are the ones that surprise me more than the Oscars, so, but I just can't see it. No, I it. mean, he is, he is so good in that film. Um, whether you like the film or not, you, his performance is, you know, amazing. And he's just, uh, it's Gary Oldman, you know, come on. When you he's get great. a runaway, when you get a runaway every now and then, and it, it, Timothy Chalamet, it's unfortunate for him because any other year, it would possibly be the front of because of... Mm. How good he is, his age, his likability, his popular social media, everyone loves him. It's like, it's, he's the most loved actor in the world season. Uh, so just, just the wrong year for him. But yes, he's competing shame. with someone who's the opposite end of the scale, who's been around forever and not being acknowledged. So very, yes. very well, second you, place. I, I got to throw out this statistic um, that I heard uh uh, at work last night, that Daniel Day Lewis with the with when it comes to the BAFTA, like I think he has six nominations and he has four wins. Wow! We love we love our boy Day Lewis. That's an amazing track record. Well, well he really he's an amazing actor. So. Yeah, yeah, he just really. commits. He commits two hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, and I heard that if he if he wins tomorrow night, that he'll tie the record for BAFTA wins for an actor with five. With whom? 
like O'Toole or something? Uh, like, <laughs> I I didn't. I, you know what? The the podcast that I was listening to, Steve, they they stupidly didn't mention who he would buy. Well, mm. hold on. I will do a bit of research. Do, do, do. Is it with Baptist kinder to O'Toole than the Oscars? Uh, oh, it would seem like it did. I don't think Peter O'Toole ever won a, a, an Oscar, did he? No, he never did. No. Not yeah. Right, yeah, he uh, was given, like, the, award, oh, the, the career thing. I believe, hold on, that the one most, most nominations. So we've got seven, seven nominations, uh, actors uh, with seven nominations for the the BAFTA and top of the list is Michael Caine uh, Daniel Day-Lewis Peter Finch Dustin Hoffman Jack Lemmon and and Laurence Olivier oh okay does it say who has the the five wins oh hold on I will Uh, tell you it's Denzel (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peter Finch has won five. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, Good actor. He is. He is. Yeah. Um, do Al Pacino has only won once. So. <laughs> Hoo-ah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's where Paul Thomas Anderson discovered Philip Seymour Hoffman, son of a woman. Really? Yep. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. It doesn't actually say. It's kind of frustrating, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that's come from. Um, Unfortunately, it looks like it is actually... Uh, Peter Finch. Five. Uh, is one five, yeah. I'll so. always think of him as Howard Beale from Network. Yes. And I know. Madam Helen, I'm not going to take it anymore. Love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. Amazing. I'm, he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. <laughs> What's the film um, that he's in with uh, Anne Bancroft? What's it called, Stephen? Oh, The Pumpkin Eater. Yeah, really good, really, really good. Anne Bancroft. The, the was, suicide line or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Anne Bancroft at that, at that, in that era was just, just unwatchable. So good. Yeah, you know, there's no room for films like that anymore. No. She would tear it up today. If she was here around now, she... My God. <laughs> Who, Bancroft? Yeah, yeah. Of, that, of that era when she was just like churning them out year after year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. I digressed. Yeah, now we have the likes of Megan Fox. <laughs> Not really. Oh. What has she even been in? Like, Oh, that's true. Yeah. Newspapers. <laughs> yeah. Pog. <laughs> She's been in the Botox clinic. Yeah, right. that's true. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last two major awards. Um, first, we have Outstanding British Film of the Year. And there's six nominees here. So they are Darkest Hour, God's Own Country, Lady Macbeth, Paddington 2, The Death of Stalin, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. 
And before anybody um, asks why uh, Dunkirk is not listed here, I heard it's because uh, Christopher Nolan opted out of this category. Traitor. It's a tough one. Uh, If Lady Macbeth doesn't win um, the other award, it probably won't be Lady Macbeth, but it might go for God's Own Country. Um, I've only seen two movies on this list. I've seen Darkest Hour and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, I thought you were going to say Paddington 2. <laughs> I probably will end up skipping that movie just because I I can't I just can't. What's wrong with Paddington? Uh, he's on Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, Darkest Hour. I had problems with uh, aesthetically how it looked. You know that that sort of blinding light and that you know total darkness kind of um, look to it. Uh, and but I mean just an incredible performance by Gary Oldman and he really carries the movie all the way through and I enjoyed watching sort of his you know in private doubting of himself despite how he came off and um, you know to the public and to his constituents Um, but I I think that Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri has a decent chance to win I think it's a very good film Uh, it's I think it was my fourth best film of the year total so um, I'm just going to go with that one my favorite uh, this list is God's Own Country. I just saw it a couple days ago. It was quite outstanding. There's, I don't think there's any chance that it's going to win, though. And I also think it's probably going to be, it looks like it's going to be three billboards. This might be where they put three billboards and then pick something else for best film. I think, uh, just to, sorry, just to interject, I think the God's Own Country has got a, a, quite a good chance because of, it did well at the London London in, Independent. Oh, it did it? Okay. And it, and it won, didn't it? Lady Macbeth won uh, a few as well, but I think that won Best Film, and it's it's been kind of riding a sort of a mini British wave. Uh-huh. So if those voters are, are the same kind of voters, they, you know, they don't usually go for the big ones in this category, like yeah, three billboards, tends, tends Darkest Hour. That would be nice. Pick, that would be nice. So that Lady Macbeth, you know... I've, Anyway, I'm, I'm going to say they're my two picks, Lady Macbeth, God's Own Country. One of them's going to pop in. Sorry to interrupt you, Al. Oh, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, you know, actually, before I make my prediction, Steve, now, I remember reading somewhere before Paddington came out that you were really excited for that one, right? What? I could have sworn that was you that wrote that, no. right? Uh, you must, I don't know what you were on, but no. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Never well, mind. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm. No. I'm. My great grandchildren would be too old for Paddington. I think. Okay. Um, Say no to drugs, Al. Say no to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I could have sworn it was somebody at Awards Daily, but who knows? I mean, that that's a lot of people. It's <laughs> it's probably Ryan, wasn't it? Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could very well be. <laughs> well, the reason I was asking is because I was going to ask you if you had seen Paddington 2 and what you thought. But, uh, no, and, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like this probably, <laughs> strangely enough, I, I think Three Billboards is going to win here, even though I don't even think of it as a British film. So, right. you know. Um, but I wouldn't be, you know, you know, uh, Robin, you're you're... I think you're convincing me that God's own country is stronger than I was thinking it, it would be. And I think all the pundits are just going with Darkest Hour just because it's the British film. 
I think it won at the Evening Standard as well, if I'm just remembering. Just recently, God's Own Country. Wow. That's yeah, a big I've... deal in, in London, right? or just to England. Those are yeah. a big deal. I heard it yeah. described as like it's 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 England's Brokeback Mountain. No, it's more. Uh, I can see why no, you say no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a good companion piece with um, Beach Rats. Call me by yeah, your name. Call me by your name. Well, yeah. Steve will vouch for that. I'm sure. Call me by your name is academics. God's own country is uh, rural. There you go. Hmm. Perfect. Also, Weekend was really good. I don't know if that, that yeah. has any connection, but Andrew Haig's yeah. Weekend is, is a fantastic film. It is. It is spectacular, yeah. Okay. Um, I just realized that we didn't do director, so let me go to director. Yeah, I was going to ask if we could do best director, because I yeah. think we're going to do best film and best director, and I was like, please do best director. Yep. Okay, so next up we have the David Lean Award. I love that, by the way. The David Lean Award for direction. And the nominees okay. are Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Denis Villeneuve for Blade Runner 2049, Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water, Luca Guadagnino, Call Me By Your Name, and Martin McDonough for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I'm going to say Nolan because it probably won't win at the Oscars, so maybe the BAFTA will be a nice sort of a compensation prize for him. Yeah, um, I probably will also go with Christopher Nolan. I think that um, he really deserves it. Uh, I'd like. I would have liked to see Paul Thomas Anderson get it over Denis Villeneuve. I can't say his name, but uh, he's a great director. Yeah, um, there's a couple of directors on this list whose names I can't pronounce. Um, but no, uh, I think that Christopher Nolan really deserves it. Um, and I, just shout out to Paul Thomas Anderson. I thought Phantom Thread was incredible. So, um, but yeah, Nolan should get it. Yeah, I'm going to go against my countryman Villeneuve and. Uh... Luca, maybe next time, but I think it's Nolan's. I think he's earned it, and I think it should be his. Um, yeah, I, I'm just admiring um, the the worldliness of these five directors. I mean, you got Nolan and McDonough from the UK, you got Villeneuve from Canada, you got Guillermo del Toro from Mexico, and you got Guadagnino from Italy. So that's that's yeah. pretty outstanding. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Sadly, yeah, there's no women on this list. No, no. Um, no, I, no, I, I think no women. <laughs> I th- Steve, I think McDonough might be Irish, but according to IMDb, he was born in London. Oh well, yeah, he's from. He, he is. He is Irish, but is is UK. So oh, okay. I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is Nolan's. Um, I don't know how they don't. Pick Nolan. I mean, the only way they don't pick Nolan is if they're madly in love with Guillermo del Toro in the Shape of yeah. Water. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, do you know that 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 film as well, Shape of Water, as good as it is, is is it's riding a wave at the minute. So it could be just yeah. like oh, del Toro, tick tick tick. But I know I know the Dunkirk thing. You're probably sick of me, and it, and I'm I try not to be biased. This has been really the toughest award season for me to sort of stick to my guns based on you know a film I like to what I think will actually happen. And I still believe, and I say this every week, Dunkirk can still win at the Oscars, and I think it's going to win here. And I still think it could win at the Oscars, even if Del Toro takes director, because of the way the voting works, which I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to explain in an article of some sort. But oh, yeah, the preferential Del Toro, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Del Toro is like, if he was, if he was fighting himself for best picture, his director is way ahead 
and he's, he's absolutely battering his best picture chances if, if he was to go against himself. Um, you know, it doesn't mean he's not going to do it, but I think that Nolan would all like to see him win director, but I just think the best picture is more, more likely. I've just got this... I'm, I'm going to write, I'm gonna have to write something about this, but Nolan to win director at the BAFTAs for me. Preference yeah. and prediction. Yeah. Well, before I name the nominees for best film, uh, B, you, you, uh, you made me just think of a question here for you. So you were mentioning how there's no female directors nominated here. Are there, okay, so from last year, are there any British films with female directors that you would have loved to see gotten nominated here? Oh, um, tough, isn't it? Um, they don't necessarily have to be British in the best director. No, that's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, Good point. Well, I would say... Uh, the director from uh, of Beach Rats would yes. have been. She yeah, would have been nice. Man. Yes, yeah. And I'm just going to have a look and see. Bear with me two seconds. I thought that oh, she is American. I don't know whether well. Yeah. So I was hoping that she was British, and I could have had both. I could have. <laughs> you've got like Lon Shervig, the the uh, Danish woman she directed a british film i know that's not the same thing but uh their finest mm. um S- sally potter directed a film uh the party a very good ensemble film mm. you know i'm going i'm going into my like british film thing now but also prevenge alice Lowe, yes, a yeah. popular british actress she directed and wrote a first feature called prevenge yes i don't know if she's yeah. going to stand any chance bafta but certainly you know the Debut, she would have been aware of the debut from that. So there's three mm. British films um, with female but Alice oh, is, is definitely Brit. It's a bit of a shame because um, I know it came out last year, but um, American Honey was mm-hmm. uh, yeah. um, Andrew Arnold, yeah. Yes, and, and yeah. that, and I love that film. Um, and she's a great director. She's made some amazing films like Red Road. Um, she made Fish Tank yeah. as well, which is amazing. So, yeah. uh, and she's she's a great director. Um, but yeah, it's not it's a bit it's a bit hard because there's not been that many. I feel like all our female directors have gone over to to the states to help you guys out. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, we've. We've had Wonder Woman as well, haven't we? So, um, of yeah. course, the the film that won at Cannes as well. I've forgotten the name of it now. Um, with Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor, and she won. Oh, oh I want Lynn Ramsey. Lynn yeah, Ramsey. Um, I mean, she's she's you were never really consistent. Mm, yeah, yes, so, I mean, she's yeah. she's made some really good films as well, and still kind of not. Well, that film's just sort of put release problems, but it's vanished. Again. Yeah, if Joel was Maybe here, he'd be yelling D. Reese. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, mm. yes, yeah. Um, so maybe that uh, I'm hoping that n- n- this year we're going to have um, more celebration of female directors um, because they definitely were shifting in the whole, uh, you know, political Dynamic. type of. Yes, yes. So, uh, but it definitely um, is a bit of a shame um, that we're not really having. It's a bit hard with the 
the BAFTAs really because who do you sort of nominate and who do don't you nominate in terms of directors because they've just had such a good year. And who who are the people doing the nominating? What's the uh, makeup of the uh, the group? Ninety percent male, perhaps. Oh well, I, I know I'm not on there. <laughs> not really. Yeah, which but, is a um, bit of a shame. <laughs> the du- the director of Raw was was a woman, Julia Ducarnal. Mm. Sorry if I'm. I think yeah. it might be pronounced Ducarnal. <laughs> okay, I can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um. All right. Well, uh, let's then move on to best film. Oh. Uh, so they went with "Call Me by Your Name," "Darkest Hour," "Dunkirk," "The Shape of Water," and three billboards. Uh, oh well, there's only one answer, isn't there? And that's Dunkirk. <laughs> well, Good. especially if they decide to go with Nolan for director. Yes, yeah. it, he'll either win for. Uh, director or Dunkirk will win for best picture or they'll both win which will be like the, the most amazing thing ever to happen in the history of things <laughs> yeah I um I honestly think that Dunkirk will win I don't think that they're I I don't see any any doubt about it um it's it's a very British film about a you know historically significant um British, you know, battle. So I, I just, and I think that the execution of it is so strong, and it's such a, an excellent film that, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to not um, not award Dunkirk best film. I won't be disappointed when and if Dunkirk wins, but of course I'm rooting for Call Me by Your Name. The other three, nah. <laughs> you know, I, I in a way. I wish that they could have a tie here and give Darkest Hour and Dunkirk the win together. Ooh, why? Well, just because, you know... British? Well, no, I mean, because, you know, they're kind of the same story, just on opposite sides. You know, Darkest Hour was the political aspect and Dunkirk was the soldier aspect. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of salt and pepper, aren't they? Yeah. Kind of like um, in peanut 2000- butter and jelly. For you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's it's a lot like in two thousand six with Clint Eastwood, and I know he's he he. That's a name we don't uh, we're not allowed to say anymore. But Clint Eastwood did Flags <laughs> of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, showing the American side and then the the Japanese side, and I thought that was just a great way to do it. And and it's just ironic that Darkest Hour and Dunkirk came out the same year, and I don't think they planned that. No. no, I don't know how close uh, Joe Wright and Chris Nolan are, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, and I think they're very different directors. Obviously, yeah, I mean, they I, are. I, I personally haven't ever really liked Joe Wright's aesthetic. You know, Atonement didn't work for me, and Darkest Hour was was okay, but there were things about it that just didn't work for me. And I love Christopher Nolan probably to a fanboy level. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's they're pretty different, I think, but. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, but, uh, sorry, Robin. I, I don't think I actually made my official prediction. I'm going with Dunkirk. Right. Um, look at the numbers. <laughs> uh, it's going to be Dunkirk, I think. Uh, the BAFTAs are very rarely split as well, director. Not as much as the Academy do because of the voting, but 
I think if Dunkirk wins director, it'll be in the picture as well. Um, yeah. yeah. If, pretty much. That's it. Okay. I've well, noticed in the last few years, uh, BAFTA's pick for best film, for a while there, they were they were right in step, in sync with the Oscars. Then the last five years or so, they the, the BAFTA seem to have gone with uh, one one leader and Oscar went with the other, maybe in the last five. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So whatever wins, whatever wins best film here will not win the Oscar. Mm. So it's definitely going to be Dunkirk. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I but also feel... this year is not a two horse race, though, is it? This year, this is, you know. No, it's not a two horse race. Saying, no, that's true. People are saying Get Out and and Lady Bird, which aren't nominated, here, can still somehow pull off the best picture win at the Oscars. Mm. So. Well, I hope for, kind of a, for lots of second and third placements on that preferential ballot for Dunkirk, and then, then it's got it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Totally agree. So I, I, I'm trying to remember when Dunkirk came out in, this, in the States. I think it was July. Yep. And it, I haven't seen it since then. I only saw it once in IMAX. And it, I'm, I'm trying to think. It's literally been seven or eight months since I've seen it, and it still has this extremely strong hold on me. You know, and I'm not... I'm not British. I'm not. I don't necessarily care that much about like World War II history or anything. But it it just I I thought that it had a really strong, you know, um, like in my mind, it definitely cemented its 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 status. It's um, an experience. Yeah, I've seen it four times, and it's 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 yeah. just as good, if not better, subsequent times. Yeah, I watched it one day, and then the following day I watched it again. Uh, it was just like I had to just. I had this like urge to keep watching it. You know when you just get sort of obsessed with a film, yeah. and you just have to keep kind of like when I was mad about The Shining, and I would just watch it endlessly. It was just one of those films where it's the experience of, of it. I've said before, it's like being strapped into a roller coaster. It's just this for a, a, like an hour and a half. You're just it's just such a, you're in Nolan's hands and you're just thrusted into this crazy event that's happening. And, I, you know, I do feel like with, if it probably won't win the Oscar. Uh, I feel like the Oscar might go for something like The Shape of Water. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have a strong feeling that it, it will win the Oscar, uh, the, Baf- the BAFTA, so. Well, that's, what Rob said there is like kind of hit the nail on the head that it's got the legs. You know, it's it's in all the critical awards. I know it didn't it didn't really win anything, but it was in every ten list. You know, Nolan was in every director list. Yeah, it came to the Oscars and people were like me were saying or praying that it got in for director. But I kind of was thinking it's going to be typical that it don't get in here, and it, and it got in and it got nominated. I know it wasn't the highest, but it got nominated in all the categories that it that it deserved and that what people thought. You know, it wasn't going to get acting, it wasn't going to get lighting, you know, makeup, whatever else, but it got the it got the eight that it was, like, fixed for. And it could have easily fizzled away. You know, like, Call Me By Names fizzled away a little bit, Florida Project and all, but disappeared. Even Darkest Hour, which was a favourite at one time, that's pretty much disappeared. Now, even BAFTA didn't even nominate the director, but Dunkirk is still there. The rest of the films are based on momentum, and, you know, shifts in, right. in leadership. So it's very interesting that that's still there. And people, Chris Tapley tweeted recently that people are still talking about Dunkirk because they're best picture. That and Get Out, which Sasha Stone is now predicting to be best picture, Get Out. It, 
it's the craziest race ever. But yeah, it doesn't care because got his legs, and it's still going strong now. It's not faded away. It's just such a great thing that 2017 has been such a good year for film that mm-hmm. uh, we've been able to discuss movies that uh, in such depth and, and detail, and it, all of the films have been consistently good. Uh, there's been a few that have not lived up to the hype, not to name any names. Um, <laughs> but there's been, it's been really amazing to see that uh, this year we are spoiled for choice. And I, I haven't be, come across something like that for a good few years now. I think um, one of the main reasons is if you look at the directors under the foreign film and British film and uh, best film, We've got a huge diversity of people from all over the planet telling yeah. stories now. It's amazing. And I think that that they br- all bring in something that that's new to us. I know it's 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 brilliant, and I I'm hoping that this is going to be a new golden age for cinema, uh, and uh, I feel positive about Netflix as well. Um, maybe yeah, maybe in a couple of years' time we will see. Uh, you know, a next Netflix-funded film, produced film, up for Best Picture in any sort of... The Mudbound Memorial Award. <laughs> yeah. Right, because, yeah. I mean, she got... The cinematographer got nominated for, um, you know, Best yeah, Cinematography. Right. Yeah. And I think the uh, tomorrow, tomorrow... Well, it'll be tonight when you put it out. But the BAFTA results, probably more than a long time, will have uh, quite an influence on Oscar voters. You know, if there's a, a Dunkirk sweep, mini sweeps, ever win, wins five, that that could help it. If Shape of Water wins, you know, perhaps it's all over. You know, it's it's got quite a big... It's a shame for Lady Bird and Get Out that they're not going to get a push with this. But, you know... Um, but they're both very much... Side um, to they're both very much American films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, especially Lady Bird, it's... A, experience of growing up in in america but um <laughs> well maybe not but well i think Dunkirk is a film to get, that can get the biggest push from the baftas with all the other films i've got either massive momentum or the nominated for like the same sort of categories whereas this is if this wins tomorrow you know voting started you know who knows what time are they tomorrow uh it's usually nine o'clock and it's been yeah. hosted by the wonderful jo- uh, Joanna Lumley, who is... Oh, really? <laughs> she's just wonderful. I love her so much. Um, she keeps the gun going, doesn't she? <laughs> oh, she's just amazing. She's, she looks so good for her age. I just don't know what her secret is. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's just brilliant. Uh, I'm really excited to have her as a host. I mean, we've had Stephen voice as well. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen Fry's been it quite, quite a few times, hasn't he, Stephen Fry? Um, but he's a, he's, a, he's a international treasure, by the way, Stephen Fry. So I just want to say that. Oh yeah, everyone loves Stephen Fry. And I literally only first saw him when I, I think I watched V for Vendetta, and I was like, oh, that guy's funny. And he he's a he's like you know a kind of a personality in you know in the UK. So yeah, we we love him. 
Um, but yeah, it's exciting to. I, I really like. I say I prefer watching the Baftas over the Oscars. I feel like it's a bit more sophisticated, uh, a bit more reserved, and you know, we all sit down. We all do as we're told. There's no upsets, and we don't get the envelopes mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. As far as you know. Yeah, that's true. Depends how much uh, Joanna Lumley's had to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer Saunders is there as well. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. (laughs) I do want to say that I think that 2017 has been an incredible year for film. Um, But I I also want to point out that, like, my favorite aspect of... Uh, filmmaking or or sort of like following film is is auteur directors you know so in a year where we had christopher nolan and paul thomas anderson and sean baker with the florida project and um you know martin mcdonough and you know we even had people like taylor sheridan the screenwriter for yeah. uh helen high uh wind river Hell or high water who did wind river which i thought w- it made it into my top 10 i thought it was an incredible movie um, sort of like a neo-western set in the... But it was Weinstein, so they buried it. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. Um, but but I loved it. Trilogy. Sicario, A Hell or High Water, and... Uh... Wind River. Wind River. Yeah. So I... I, I even, even though we're talking about sort of getting new... Uh, new voices and different voices from you know all over i i like that there's definitely still a place for Mm. you know that sort of grand scale movie making of you know big big screen storytelling of really being immersed into the picture i'm glad that we still have plenty of that i mean guillermo del toro whatever you think of his shape of water that's visually so inventive and creative and it just kind of sweeps you away if you allow it (laughs) so I, I think it's been a great year for sort of visionary, like, oh yeah, not yeah. quite old school directors, but that of of that school of that kind of aesthetic. Oh uh, yeah, we're definitely. Uh, we've also had Edgar Wright as well, mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's good to see that the still the films are beginning to be. We're getting less emphasis on just films being entertainment and. They can be entertaining, but they can also have a, a great message to them. Um, yeah. But we're seeing that, obviously, now with the shift into um, the blockbusters as well. It's beginning to bleed into that with Black Panther um, and, and Star Wars. Although, you know, a bit too on the nose. But yeah. But... It's, it's definitely it's good to see how we're having a... a, a films are beginning to take a, a more of a um a discussion in, in entertainment uh, whereas before they've been sort of previously forgotten about and yeah. they've been replaced with tv um so i feel like now because there's so much options with tv um it's really hard to get things to stand out and be discussed so uh film is finally Again, it's uh, finally taking off. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's only been yeah. 120 uh, oh. years. <laughs> oh no, you guys weren't around for the 70s. No, no, no. We love the 70s. Me and Bianca literally have our own. I mean, we we write a lot about the 70s and cinema. Yeah. So on yeah. our own time, site, going so. to, time going to steal. 
Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> of course you are. You're allowed. No, but... that was just like the glorious pessimism of 1970s cinema. Like that. Mm. <laughs> that that was the model for like what I look for in a movie. It's like, yep, we know the world's fucked up. We know it's corrupt. We know you can't really trust anybody, you know. And, but that's um, what we're getting now, isn't it? Right. We're yes. getting yeah. that back. Um, yeah, exactly. obviously with the ongoing issue with Trump and, and the immigration issue with, issues and yeah, we're yeah. getting mm-hmm. it, we're getting that's, it all back. We've seen that in the Florida project. We're seeing that in uh, Get Out. We've seen it in Good Time. Those uh, sort of downbeat endings where you're kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, this, this isn't happy. Right, <laughs> this right. Is, this is really depressing. It's the same <laughs> with Call Me By Your Name as well. That had yeah. a very sort of low-key. Devastating. Yeah, heartbreaking ending. Mm-hmm. And that's what is amazing, uh, that we're not relying on everything to be concluded and clean and nicely tied up at the end. We're right. getting oppression, the least... Oppression makes a great creative fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, we've got to thank Donald Trump for something. <laughs> <laughs> Who is? Well, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> 